When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Chris Letang, Mike Matheson, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Pedersen, John Marino, P.O. Joseph, Chad Ruedel, Mark Friedman, and now Jan Ruta, because you just can't have enough to... Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Nine defensemen now in the NHL fold after another busy day for Ron Hextall in NHL free agency. The main signing out of a bunch of the most of them were uh, AHL material was Ruta, a veteran defenseman, really solid penalty killer, good in front of the net. The advanced analytics people call him a low event guy, meaning not a lot happens when he's on the rink. And that can be a good thing, as depressing as it might sound. Already, I'm picturing having your low event guy with maybe the sports preeminent high event guy in Matheson paired together so that they can just kind of have like a medium event. Here's what Hextall had to say about the acquisition of Ruda. We felt like we wanted to get a little bit heavier on the back end. Um, we feel Jan is a very good penalty killer, a real solid guy to you know play with really any, any left-hander on our team, so... Um, we feel like it's a good addition to our team and we feel like, feel like we got better and kind of added a little bit of the girth that we feel like we need in front of the net and uh, penalty killing situation. So Good player. I got to tell you, he is not someone that I really paid that much attention to until this most recent Stanley Cup run that the Tampa Bay Lightning had. Uh, just takes care of his own end, but also capable of, of joining the rush. You might remember one big goal that he had for the Bolts in the final, just flying up the right side and ripping one. That's that's kind of who he is. He's he's not lost in the offensive zone, but he's not going to be somebody that puts up a ton of points either. He's about the back end. And as Hextall very, I thought, candidly acknowledged yesterday, that's a lot of what they're looking for. They want to make sure that they're getting a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger when it comes to clearing the crease. You might remember that Mike Sullivan had said something very similar last week in Montreal when I'd asked the head coach what it was that he wanted to see the team upgrade in terms of personnel. 
Ruta fits a lot of those bills. But guess where he doesn't fit, right? You can't have nine defensemen. You just can't. And that means somebody, and I think multiple somebodies, need to go. Hextall was asked about that as well. Well, uh, you know, if we could move a defenseman maybe for a forward, something like that, if we could move a defenseman for futures, those are the types of things that we'll be, we'll be looking at. I don't know um, when or where, um, once you get through free agency, the dust kind of settles and then everybody knows exactly what they have. So sometimes it's easier to make moves. So we'll see what comes along in the next month or so and uh, we'll make moves when we see the time appropriate. So who's going? Who's staying? Those. Those are the questions, the dominant questions that the Penguins are facing right now. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. If I'm Hextall, I'm not focusing nearly as much on who it is that I'd want to trade versus who it is that other teams would want to acquire. Now, obviously, that's not going to include Latang, but after him, really, you've got to have your ears wide open on anyone. Seriously, go top to bottom on the depth chart. I guess after Latang, your top would be Matheson. I'm sure some would dispute that, but uh, I wouldn't. He not only showed his uh, usual uh, absurd athleticism last season, but he also kind of settled down in his own end, uh, thanks in large part to the coaching of Todd Reardon. But he's a $6 million player. If somebody wants to take him off your hands, $6 million in cap space buys you a whole lot of other stuff that you need more. And you keep going down the list, Brian Dumoulin, maybe somebody... Uh, We'll see him as their Ryan McDonough. And if you follow the bolts at all through the run that I just mentioned over those three years, that's kind of what McDonough did there. They needed somebody to go down there and stabilize the back line. McDonough did that. I'm not comparing Dumoulin to McDonough, but Dumoulin's won a couple of cups himself. And somebody might have use for him in the final year of a contract that'll still pay him $4 million this year. What if the other teams or other parties are looking for younger players? Marino, Pedersen. What if Jim Rutherford in Vancouver, who not only is in his own version of cap hell at the moment with the Canucks, but also needs a left-handed defenseman and wants to continue building around the somewhat young-ish core that they've got out there. He's acquired Pedersen once. He can do it again. He loved Marino. He can love Marino all over again. Now, none of that's going to get you some big name star players. I I don't know that the Penguins are in a position from the roster standpoint, from the cap standpoint, to be thinking really, really big. So, yes, I know the moment that I mentioned Vancouver, you're thinking JT Miller. JT Miller is going to take a lot more than a defenseman or two. Miller is only the very best player on that roster. But it's interesting that amid the tons of moves 
that occurred around the NHL, most of them way, way, way bigger than anything the Penguins did on this day. They were more than once linked to players who signed with other teams who were kind of in that $5 million range or so. And these were forwards. One of them was Andrew Kopp. So it still feels like the Penguins are aware that they still need more impact up front and that they still have, in a latent way, the capability of getting the players that they want. Why? Well, because their current cap space doesn't matter. It, it actually doesn't. Not that much. They're going to move defensemen. And if they're smart, and here's kind of hoping that they are, they'd move not one, but two of the $4 million range defensemen that they've got in their fold. That clears up, obviously, $8 million or so. They're also, and I feel obligated to mention this parenthetically, allowed to go 10% over the cap this time of year. Because, you know, nobody's actually playing hockey. Now, they don't want anybody to grossly circumvent that, which is why the rule was put in. But you're allowed to go 10% over. 10% of the $82 million cap is obviously $8.2 million. So you can go way over and then kind of address your other issues as you get closer to the season when the deadline hits. But there's some room there. There's some room there. They can still get markedly better. But they're going to have to start with the subtraction in the back to bring the addition up front. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Jerry Mangold, who asks, now that the Corps will finish their careers in black and gold, will the Penguins finally break with precedent and retire their numbers one day? Yes. Yes, they will. And I'm saying that to you, Jerry, for the first time I've said it to anyone, because I would always exempt Latang from these. I would always say, listen, the Penguins have been, as you point out yourself here, really judicious in how they give these out, meaning that currently and forever, there have only been two hanging up there. One's Mario Lemuse, obviously, and the other one, of Michel Briere, who was tragically killed at a very young age, was the Penguins' Rookie of the Year in the early 70s. And that's it. They've had a bunch of guys on and off the ice inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, but no one else has been recognized that way. Now, the big reason for that is that Yarmir Yager decided to play until he was 50. In fact, he's still playing today, and just yesterday... <laughs> put on Twitter a semi-tongue-in-cheek appeal to NHL general managers to come and talk to him. He was kidding, of course. He said something about how he only wants to play home games and stuff like that, which you expect from him. But Yager's going to have his number retired in Pittsburgh before anyone else. Mario has said so. Mario most certainly still has enough pull within the organization to make that happen. Sid and Gino, we've always known. These are extraordinary talents. These are generational talents. 
who've achieved incredibly great things in Pittsburgh, like to the point where I can't even, you know, lay it on too thick when it comes to the adjectives, particularly with Sid. But with Latang, I think that the overall discussion is going to end up being almost as much about all three guys being here together for 20 plus years, which incidentally is unbelievable within the broader context of professional sports, like through history, this just doesn't happen. So for as much respect as Sid and Gino are going to end up getting as they move into their later years and eventually retire, I feel like there's going to be a lot of connecting all three of them. Now, I'm picturing as I say this, the banners that the the Buffalo Sabres have in their arena. I don't know what they're calling it this week, but it used to be the Had Series but Choked Arena. And they have this triple banner in one corner of the rafters of the old French connection, which had Gilbert Perrault, the one like truly great player out of the three along with Rick Martin and Rene Robert. And they were more loved as a line than they ever could have been as individuals, again, exempting Perot. They also have a triple statue of those guys out front. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Penguins do any such thing. Uh, Sid, in particular, again, to single him out, is deserving of all of his own uh, honors of any kind, statue and everything else. But I do think it's going to become increasingly hard to separate Latang from that pack when talking about them. You see what I'm saying? Really, really good question, my friend. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow, after which Hextall will have signed six more defensemen.